Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 18th of March 2013. Newcomers, as always, help yourself to the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll see other sites listed there. These are all the official sites that I have. Anything you don't see and it will be elsewhere is not mine. So if you go into that webpage, as I say, you can, you can uh, try all of, of these ones for audio download. Sometimes you get sticking on the com with so many for going in at one time. So you can try the other ones if that happens. Also, to remember, all those sites have transcripts in English of many of the talks I've given for print up. And you can get transcripts in other languages uh, if you go into Alan Watt Sentinel.eu and help yourself to the ones offered there. Remember, too, you are the audience that bring me to you because I don't bring on advertisers. Guess I'm not pushing uh, products. I'm not uh, uh, selling all things to make you live forever and ever and so on. So I just give you the hard facts of truth and maybe in a dry way, but uh, truth is rather dry, you see. You can't really make it entertaining. If you do, you're in show business. And uh, show business, we've got enough of that already. That's really manipulating the whole field of thought today. Remember, too, so as I say, you can buy the books and discs that I have at cuttingthroughthematrix.com or donate, hopefully. And to do so from the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders from the post office from the U.S. to Canada. Or you can send cash or use PayPal. And across the world, go Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal. And you'll find out how to use the PayPal on this website, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And what I do, as I've mentioned before, I go through the history of the big system as it is today, where it came from, its foundations, literally, literally foundations, when the richest people on the planet got together. Uh, and they'd been there for a long time under different guises, different names, but they formed eventually the Royal Institute of International Affairs, and uh, they set out to take over all the resources of the world, uh, all of them, that includes people resources, human resources, uh, water, food, the whole lot, minerals, everything that would be needed for life and and for work and so on, industry of any kind whatsoever, uh, to be owned by the big corporations, which they would set up, which they did, of course, set up. The big foundation men's, you understand, the big, big foundations uh, run the biggest corporations in the planet. The biggest bankers run them, and they run the foundations. So really everything's owned by the same big bankers, all the big international corporations that you know of because you have the lion's share of all the, all the shares and for investments. And they are uh, completing their goal because they said in the 20s, 1920s, that they would set up the Bank for International Settlements, which they did. Under that would be the World Bank, and it took World War II to really get that going. And then they brought that in, the World Bank. And then the World Bank and the Bank for International Settlements above it, they have the umbrella of all the private central banks, which they'd foist on everybody, which they did too. And that way we're all in the prison system. Quite simple. And eventually down the roads, uh, under the guise of um, uh, saving uh, and so on, sustainability, they call it, uh, they would put the people into the overcrowded cities 
uh, encourage them to die off. There's many ways, actually, they said they'd encourage us to die off. Uh, a lot of folk are already dying off because they won't breed in the Western world. They've been taught to just have fun until they're a geriatric and end up in the old folks' home where they can play rap and, and dance around there till they croak. But the fact, the fact is um, everything's been thought of, you see. Your whole culture's been given to you. Uh, the Royal Institute for International Affairs, CFR, have been behind every war that's happened throughout the 20th century and the bunch of wars that are happening in this century, and they're not finished yet. And the whole idea of War II at the present time is simply standardization of all the other countries that are not under the BIS and the IMF and the World Bank, and to force them into it. The big, big stick is coming, and they're forcing you into austerity and a new way of living. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, and as everyone knows, I'm sure, that, uh, and I've mentioned this for many years, that's come on, that eventually the IMF was to come up to its full power, and the IMF, International Monetary Fund, these are all private organizations, you know, and uh, we, we give them the power, at least your, your bosses did, the guys who are put in charge of you, you call politicians, and technically they're, they're a private organization, and in fact so is the World Bank as well. But you also fund the World Bank, that you take, make payments to them every year just for being in it. And also uh, the Bank for International Settlements is, is just is, is autonomous basically. So you have all these private deals that were made at the end of World War II, and some of them, some of them before, in fact, they needed World War II to be put into existence. And they're running the world the way it's supposed to be and bringing you into austerity too, into the new way of living. It's like George Bush's, again, his new freedom. I keep telling folk to listen to the little declarations they make. These are official legal declarations, as legal as written law, you see. And it says, uh, the new freedom, nobody, of course, no reporter, since they're all belong to the Council on Foreign Relations, uh, asked the question, what do you, what is, define new freedom, you see, and, or any of these uh, statements that they make. So, um, you're into the, the new living, the new way for the 21st century, which is actually austerity, and, for, and it's, it's to plunder all the people at the bottom, it's not the big boys, They've, the big boys rule the world, you understand, and of course they always will. I think it was Huxley, Aldo Huxley said that there's always been a dominant minority and I, I don't see why there won't always be a dominant minority. And this is in a scientific age too, he said that um, he didn't see why any totalitarian uh, regime uh, run scientifically could ever be overthrown. And I understand what he was talking about. He's talking about mind control. Folk are literally the spell of mind control. They don't even know it. Look at them walking around there like dopes staring at this little thing in their hand all the time and bumping at your lampposts. I mean, uh, they've come to love their slavery, and that's the key. That's what he said, too. The whole point that they've been working on since about the 1920s and 30s, and he was part of that, by the way, these think tanks, Aldous Huxley, he said, is to make the people come to love their servitude, and that's what you're into. Anyway, uh, and uh, as I say, the BBC says the UK will compensate any British troops in Cyprus who are hit by plans to introduce a bank levy. A levy is from Levi, actually, but it means to raise and also means tax. As part of the £9 billion uh, EU bailouts, the Chancellor has said. That's a British Chancellor. 
And it says the, the British government workers would also be protected, George Osborne said. Under the bailout, account holders in Cyprus with up to 100,000 euros would pay a one-off levy or tax of 6.75 or higher deposits would suffer a 9.9 tax. The move could affect many of the 3,000 UK military personnel in Cyprus and up to an estimated 25,000 expatriates that I guess they live there now. And it says, uh, Osborne told the BBC's Andrew Marr program uh, for people serving in the military and serving our government, we're going to compensate anyone affected by this bank tax. People who are doing their duty for the country in Cyprus will be protected from this Cypriot bank tax. An emergency session to discuss the 10 billion euro or 13 billion dollars uh, which is also a £9 billion deal agreed by the EU and IMF on Friday is to take place on Monday today. And the debates and a presidential address was to happen Sunday, but were postponed, the state media said. And also, this one here has to do with Reuters. It says, um, same thing, uh, you know, Cypriot ministers, politicians scrambled to revise a plan to seize money from bank deposits and <laughs> plundering the people before a parliamentary vote Tuesday that will either secure the island's financial rescue or threaten its default. The weekend announcement that Cyprus would impose a tax on bank accounts as part of the 10 billion euro bailout by the European Union broke with previous practice that depositor savings were sacrosanct. Nothing is sacred anymore, folks. Nothing at all for the gangsters that run the world. The euro and stock markets fell on concern that the eurozone crisis was reigniting before Tuesday's vote, which is too close to call, and would send reverberations across the currency zone, if it's lost. The government was working to soften the blow to small savers by tilting more of the tax towards those with deposits greater than €100,000 or $130,000. Decision to target bank accounts stunned Cypriots and police sealed off parliaments. They always do that. Protect the gangsters first. In Nicosia, is about 400 people staged a noisy protest outside, aggrieved that their small island of one million people should be singled out for such treatment. Well, it's only going to start there. You understand, too, most of us say, well, you know, that's just a little old Cyprus. And you'll hear little old ones getting hit after this over the months. And this is to get you used to the fact that it's inevitable it'll hit you, you see. And so there's no big deal about it. So that hopefully, they think hopefully you won't, they won't be run on the banks. That's how they're, doing, they're going to treat you. This is all a big world agenda. Anyway, the angry demonstrators honked horns with placards reading, Hang the Banksters, Hands off Police Savings, and Merkel Go Home, and so on. Residents emptied cash machines over the weekend. The move also unnerved depositors in the Eurozone's weaker economies and investors. Feared a precedent had been set that could reignite turmoil that the European Central Bank has calmed in the recent months with its pledge to do whatever it takes to save the Euro, which is utter rubbish because... Uh, remember when it all started with Greece Now Greece had been okayed, certified as good good money, good credit All the rest of it, no, no great debt Certified by Goldman Sachs You know, the big gangsters And the, the European Central Bank accepted that And of course they, they let them in And then of course they said Oh my God, no, there's a massive debt It was hidden uh, Goldman Sachs, so it of course comes out squeaky clean And... Um, and the countries that are all in the euro are supposed to bail out Greece forever. A black hole. They never tell you where the money goes or if it's plugged any holes in the ship that's sinking. Never happens. And every country's got to borrow from the World Bank, you see, and so on, and the private bankers in order to, to throw into this black hole as they get deeper in debt, try to bail out one country. This is nonsensical. It's like, it's like one house in the streets on fire. So let's set fire to all the rest of them, you see.
But again, there's method to the madness, as I say, because the banksters want to rule. The, they do rule the world through money, but now it's going to really rule them since everyone will owe them everything, their whole life, and you're, you're firstborn for about 25 generations to come. That's all it's about, folks. You know. Do you really believe you have all these hundreds and thousands of experts and economists and so on and they keep screwing up and you keep saying, ah, oh, well, they just can't get it right. How can they be experts if they kept screwing it up? Or are they experts that know exactly what they're doing? And the pablum they give you is just that pablum. Of course it's a larger. And this one here too is the rape of Cyprus by the European Union and the IMF, the International Monetary Fund. And the IMF, remember, is a big muscle boy too. Because when they fail to pay their debts off, the IMF comes in and uh, against private organization. And they run your country. They, they run it. It's matter if they've got a front prime minister or president. They, they'll run your country. And they'll slash your health care if anything left of it. They'll slash your pensions, slash everything they can until they get all their cash in with the compound interest, of course. You know. This is the most humane system uh, they can devise for themselves. And Cryptagon also mentions it. The government takes up to 10% of individuals' funds on deposits with banks as part of the bailout agreement. Just, just like that. Bumpf. In Britain, too, it says thousands join the protest marches held up and down the country, I guess, benefit cuts. Right? Cutting all our benefits there. Austerity again, folks. And... Um, it says uh, that um, the taxes expect to affect, this is the taxes they're talking about too, the bedroom tax, for instance. You know, yeah, I get tax for an extra bedroom, yeah. And it says um, the taxes expect to, to affect 660,000 people when it comes into effect next month and will hit the poor, vulnerable, and disabled the hardest. Under the government's welfare reforms, those deemed to have a spare bedroom in their council or housing association home will have their housing benefit claims reduced by £40 to £80. Uh, so it says more than 17,000 people signed up to join the rallies, which kick-started around 1pm. Yep, everybody's getting it now, eh? Anyway, fresh air taxes too, with carbon taxes, etc. Even though they've admitted that uh, so much hokum and nonsense that um, and that's official now. The whole climate scam is coming out as a scam officially. But anyway, here it says here: British government abandons climate change education for children under the age of 14. It says here: debate about climate change has been cut out of the national curriculum for children under 14, prompting claims of political interference in the syllabus by the government that has failed our duty to future generations. <laughs> generations of bankers and their sons. Eh? The latest draft guidelines for children in key stages 1 to 3 have no mention of climate change under geography teaching and a single reference to how carbon dioxide produced by humans impacts on the climate in the chemistry section. There's also no reference to sustainable development, only to efficacy of recycling, again, as a chemistry subject. The move has caused alarm amongst climate campaigners and scientists who make their living off it. But actually they say here, who say teaching about climate change in schools has helped mobilize young people to the most vociferous advocates because they're indoctrinated of action by governments, business and society to tackle the issue. Well, you're always going to do that. That's what did the Soviet Union. You have to indoctrinate the generations as growing up for any new move in the socialist, communist uh, agenda that you were doing in the old Soviet Union. 
always go through the children and they end up being utter fanatics. You would never, ever get any truth out to them or any alternate opinion once they grow up. So this has always been the way things are done. And this one here too is to do with austerity, you see. Angela Merkel and David Cameron are told to ditch austerity. Says the EU leaders are meeting in Brussels under pressure from growing popular anger. And it says um, that this one here says, as popular discontent spreads across Europe, David Cameron and Angela Merkel will come under pressure from other EU leaders today to end an all austerity approach to the economic crisis. And that'd be a joke, eh? Like they really care about the popular opinion for the first time in history. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and it's, it's really quite the, the situation today as I say because you see everything coming into play because they always create crises to use the crisis to their advantage. They tell you that. Many times uh, big boys have said that in speeches. We all, how can we use this crisis to our advantage? And of course they already said that in fact about the, the EU Union in fact and the way to, to save one or two countries from going under was to, to make them all borrow money to throw into those countries. Isn't that wonderful? They all have to get any massive debt to the same bankers that caused it in the first place. And, uh, and they'll be perpetual debt forever. You'll never get out of it. It's too much. That's the whole point of it. Then the banks are in total, total charge. You see. Anyway, I'll put that up tonight too, as I say that, um, Merkel and Cameron are told to ditch it, but they're not going, of course. Nope, they've worked too long and too hard. hundred years to get to this step that they're at now. And there's a, quite a few articles out, even the IPCC group uh, have to admit that global warming hasn't been happening. Strange that after they, they lied for years and said, oh, definitely it was, and you're all fanatical, and her, even heretics, and you're heretical if you argued with them. That's what they said. This article here is from the Express. I'll put another one up from the, I think it's the, the Sunday Sun as well. Good four-page spread on that one. To do with all the facts as we all know them today. And it really proves that global warming is utter rubbish. But says eco-taxes are nonsense if the earth isn't warming from the Express. And it says uh, green taxes have already added at least £100 a year to household energy bills as individual houses in Britain. And successful governments have viewed the threat of global warming and rising CO2 levels as a means of browbeating the public while making them pay for the privilege, I guess, of living and breathing. The odds of global catastrophe are not as high as first thought, so many ask why so high bills. And it says uh, that politicians love cherry-picking science, so-called facts, quotation marks, to support their own agendas. Mysteriously, mysteriously, anything can be produced as evidence of global warming, hot weather, cold weather, wet weather, and dry. Climate change has become a religion, and any diversification from the orthodox view is pounced on as evidence of heretical wickedness. Those who beg to differ about the global warming creed are held up as wicked, rare, and merely sceptical. You are, you're wicked, wicked, ooh. 
It says, but now new data from the Met Office is at odds with the Dumi computer predictions from the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. The new data shows that the, play, the pace of climate change has been widely overestimated. They're being polite here, of course, that's Britain. Scientists are admitting that warnings of global, warnings of global catastrophe were, were way off the mark. The odds have come down, admitted Miles Allen, professor of geosystem science at Oxford University, who until recently believed that we were in for apocalyptic temperature rises of five degrees a century. Because that's how they got all their cash. Oh, you're going to roast. Oh, throw money at us and we'll throw money in the air and magically it'll all fix it. The new Met Office figures indicate there's been no significant increase in the world's temperature since 1997. Politicians love cherry-picking science facts to support their own agendas. And it says, let's see how they, they talk their way out of the Met Office's inconvenient findings. And as I say, it goes, into, so it goes on and on about the last thousand years and all the rest of it were the coolest of the recent benign Holocene interglacial epoch. And the spirit is being responsible for all human civilization. At least 12,000 plus years, its end is overdue. So we get cool, then we get warm, then we get cool, and we get warm like it's always been. But there's big money to be made and all this con, and all the lefties are into it too, because they've actually said, and some of the Canadian politicians said that, I've got the links here, she said, uh, she was one of the big ones up in the, the Parliament for Canada, and she said, it doesn't matter if all the science is bogus, we can use this money for redistribution of wealth, basically, you see. And that's what it's about, the Marxist idea. And of course, it doesn't go to the people, it goes to the big international corporations that run all of these groups, including the Marxists. And here's an article, too, to show you. I mean, they really, you understand this, oh, how many people are, are getting big grants for, for scaring you all the time and putting out scary stories. I mean, and I've actually got their own websites where they say that every year we've got to put out scary stories. That's what they say in their own words. Because the people won't listen to us unless we give them scary stories. So they'll take it, take it seriously and so on. And, and, and we start getting cash, etc., etc. Well, they're getting billions of dollars in cash. And it's getting spread around all these scientists and, all, and so on to give you scary stories. And they're not even good stories. It's not even like the Hammer House of Horrors. You know, it's pretty pathetic stuff. But anyway, the fact is to give you scary stories. And it was really great for their pockets because those guys are doing... They've never lived like this in their lives, these guys. I mean, going into sort of science weather was a kind of low-level thing. I mean, nobody, if you got introduced at a party, would you do well? I, you know, I'm a climatologist. And, uh-huh. Yeah. And, but now, of course, it's like, oh, you're a god up there. I've got a special computer that always gives me bad news, you see. So, and then in came the grants. Oh, they're living high on the hog. Big money, thousands of them all over the world. Anyway. It's also used as a tool, of course, to make everyone else change their way of living into this new uh, sustainability idea, meaning the poor must die under eugenics and the lower classes too, and even up to the middle classes because they don't need them anymore. So here's an article from the Enviro Eugenicists, and it says, they announced mass die-off, it says. Ooh. This is in a report published in April of 2012 by the Royal Society. Now, the Royal Society is a big front organization, too. started off as a complete Freemasonic group, too, that said they would rule science and, and tell people what was real and what wasn't real. In other words, they would dictate reality to the public through science facts, which, of course, meant it's all propaganda. But uh, I'll come back with this article after this break.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix talking about the big scary, scary stories you get. And the ones that are from the, they're all from the top, of course. These guys are raking in the cash, etc. And you've got to understand, too, you're run by private organizations like the Royal Society. You really are. They're combined with all the, the foundations that, and, and philanthropists, they call themselves, that run the world. All one group, by the way. Uh, they've planned the whole future. They have planned the last century. They've worked it all through. And it happened the way they wanted it to happen. So they're in charge. They call themselves a parallel government. Anyway, as I say, in a report published April 2012 by the Royal Society titled People and the Planet, so I've got the link for that too, you can download it. The latest UK society uh, calls for massive population reduction and deindustrialization of the West. Well, they've already done most of that, but they've got more to do, not much left. And since however drenched in euphemisms, the report cannot conceal its ominous undertones. Listed amongst its key recommendations, the report proposes several measures dissimilar to the ones put out recently by MIT, in which a drastic reduction of the population is called for in the name of modeling and predictions. So we'll have to get slaughtered on account of their models and stuff and their predictions. Immediately after the Royal Society released its call for more death and megacities, Another other than Paul Ehrlich weighed in to regurgitate his own eugenic fantasies. Says The Guardian reported that Ehrlich, who contributed to the report, eagerly endorses its conclusions in regard to redistribution of wealth. You see, it's a big part of it too, meaning to make you poorer, you understand. Ehrlich is quite upfront about his opinion on the matter, and he says, they, uh, population and resources, multiply together. That's not they lot, you know, that lot, you know, you know, you lot. You have to deal with them together. We have too much consumption amongst the rich. And by the way, the rich is anybody in the lower middle, middle working class, I should say. And most countries are, are sinking with taxes and, and all the rest of it, and heating bills and all that kind of stuff. And it says, and too little amongst the poor. Of course, they're comparing you with a Kalahari Bushman. And those guys were absolutely completely independent of needing your money at all up until recently because the UN routed them all up and put them in a camp. Anyway, that implies that terrible thing that we're going to have to do, which is somehow redistribute access to resources away from the rich to the poor. So we have to do that, eh? Who's his we, I wonder, eh? It says, how many of your, your supporters depends on, uh, your support depends on lifestyles, Alex stated. We came up with 1.5 to 2 billion because you can have big active cities and wilderness. If you want a battery chicken world where everyone has a minimum space and food and everyone is kept just about alive, you might be able to support in the long term about 4 or 5 billion people, but you already have 7 billion, so we have to humanely and as rapidly as possible move to population shrinkage. For those who, I'll say that last part again for the hard of thinking, it says here, so we have to humanely and as rapidly as possible move to population shrinkage. You understand what he's talking about here? Total mandatory sterilization. He's already advocated this. And killing off people. And, and by the way, that's why they're killing off the elderly. That's the big push now. They run and treat the elderly. I should get them little pills to die off quickly. And it's cheaper for them. They can grab their pensions and use it for redistributing the wealth, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Then Ehrlich plays the harp strings of fear, making more veiled death threats. He's awfully good at that. The question is, can you go over the top without a disaster like a worldwide plague or a nuclear war between India and Pakistan? 
If we go on at the pace we are, there's going to be various forms of disaster. It says some uh, may maybe slow motion disasters like people uh, getting more and more hungry or catastrophic disasters because the more people you have, the greater the chance of some weird virus transforming from animal to human populations. There could be a vast die-off. He's regurgitating everything uh, that many others said back in the 30s, 40s and 50s that set up these organizations that are still going that Ehrlich gets funded by. Some of the conclusions of the Royal Society report says the most developed and emerging economies must stabilize and then reduce material consumption levels through a dramatic in improvements in resource use efficiency, including reducing waste investment in sustainable resources, technologies and infrastructures, and systematically decoupling economic activity from environmental impacts. And that's, again, regurgitation. Well, the Royal Society terms systemically uh, decoupling economic activity from environmental impact is actually a rephrasing of Agenda 21's from the United Nations plan to gradually deindustrialize the West as well as the creation of megacities in which the bulk of the world's population can be locked up to make them more manageable, or what the Royal Society calls the potential for urbanization to reduce material consumption. So you're going to be forced into poverty folks forced into it. And by the way, all these extra taxes and so on are all part of that. All the spending money you would have before uh, will be going in fees and food and, and rents and, and extra taxes and, and so on. That's the agenda. That is the agenda, folks. And a statement put out by Planet Under Pressure in the run-up to the 2012 Air Summit, several scientists call for denser cities in order to mitigate worldwide population growth. When in doubt that UN's Agenda 21 is not the mind camp of our day, one should consider yet another in-your-face confession from yet another certified biocratic control freak. According to an MSNBC article, I've got a link here too, I'll put them up at cuttingthroughmates.com tonight. One of the scientists, while speaking about human populations worldwide, stated, we certainly don't want them strolling about the entire countryside. You know, them, that's them, you know. We want them to save land for nature by living closely together. I mean, packed like sardines. Insisting the world's population be locked up within the confounds of megacities, the leaked realizes that if the herd, the herd is to be properly controlled, walls are needed, thick walls, and by constructing these walls, the masses may be more easily led to go this way or that. Actually, so easily force them that way. Chief scientist Michael uh, Fragius, uh, involved with planet and pressure, told MSNBC that the answer to population growth is denser cities. Denser cities. If cities can develop in height rather than width, then it would be much more preferable and environmentally not as harmful. People who know anything about history know that the creation of mega cities in which the masses may be rounded up and enclosed is identical to the Nazi principle of the ghetto as a means of managing the masses. Same China as even right now. They're moving 200 million people off every year, the lands, and crowding them into these, 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 uh, these sewage pits called cities. The communists did that long before the Nazis. Every, in fact, that's where the Nazis learned all that stuff. Every student of history may also know what happens to those masses shortly after. Some of the organizers of Planet are under pressure are founding their plea on the notion that we as humanity have entered the Anthropocene, a new geological era in which humans, not natural conditions, are the main drivers of geological and meteorological processes. Setting the website devoted to the concept, I'll put the link up for that too, Martin Rees of the Royal Society stated at the conference, this century is special in the Earth's history. It's the first when one species, ours, has the planet's future in its hands. 
It says, we've invented a new geological era, the Anthropocene, he stated. This echoes yet another scientist, a professor at the University of Colorado, who in recent times mentioned this new era in relation to a call for population control when he said, scientists now speak of the humanities' increased demands and impacts on the globe is ushering in a new geological epoch. Anthropocene. Such selfish and destructive appropriation of the resources of the earth can only be described as interspecies genocide. In addition, the professor said ending human population growth is almost certainly a necessity, but not sufficient condition for preventing catastrophic global climate change. Indeed, significantly reducing current human numbers may be necessary in order to do so. The call for compact cities filled to the brim with humans as part of the United Nations depopulation agenda. Within these proposed megacities, humans will be allowed to use RFID technology so they'll be kept in check. The rest of the world, the countryside, as one of the scientists told MSNBC, is reserved for the elite. And that's a fact, folks, because the United Nations, they came out with Agenda 21. Uh, I've said that in, in, in about 30, 40 years or so in the States, Canada and elsewhere, only the mega-rich will be living in the countryside. You won't be able to afford it and all the fees. Of course, too, they're getting people out, even in the States right now. I've got lots of stories I can't read tonight, but get them off their land through environmental impacts, agencies, etc., and, and just, just harassing them with fines and fees until they move. That's how it's done, and it'll continue that way until people literally get together collectively for the first time and stand up for everybody else that's getting pushed off right now before it becomes their turn. I'm not kidding about that. So I'll put this up tonight too. And this goes on. This is only a part of the report. It goes all through the World Bank and their partner all and UNESCO and uh, UNFPA, UNICF, the World Bank, IMF, Education for All, etc., and it says financing and non-financial barriers must be overcome to achieve high-quality primary and secondary education, which is indoctrination for all the world's young. You've got to have the same indoctrination worldwide, ensuring equal opportunities for girls and boys. And they don't add in those in between these days, so they're rather politically incorrect. Anyway, I'll put it up tonight. And internationally renowned IPCC scientist Professor Moshe Bulatif now postpones winter, uh, warm winters by up to 100 years. Before that, we said there were no winters at all. Of course, Australia even planned on that, in fact, uh, that there's going to be no, hardly any rain from now on, and then, then, they, <laughs> then they got flooded out. And um, they had built these petty little dams to hold the water. It wasn't enough, and some places got flooded, of course, because it wasn't supposed to rain anymore. You know. Anyway, it says here, after David Viner has had now made his famous snowfalls are now just a thing of the past claim in 2000. That's what he said, actually. This is, this is an expert, remember. The always publicity-speaking professor, Moji Blatif of Germany's Max Planck Institute, made sure to get in on the act, telling Spiegel only two days later, there aren't going to be winters with strong frost and lots of snow at our latitudes anymore like 20 years ago. There's been more snow in Canada, I think, this year than any previous year for many years. And elsewhere too, even at it in Japan. As Germany reels from its fifth colder than normal winter in a row, which is a record, the Tiff's words are sounding cavernously hollow. As a result, Germany's fundamentalist, warmest, catastrophe-obsessed blog site, and it gives you the blog site, has gone into the damage control mode and has now conducted an interview with Professor Latif in order to reconvince the public that the threat is still out there, it's real, and that we must remain afraid. We'll be very, very afraid, folks. 
And it says, in interview, Latif claims that people have simply forgotten what a winter really looks like. And that's why snow makes us think the winter is harsh. He tells us that also in times of global warming, there can be real winters. As I'm saying, you can, it can be warm, cold, pouring rain, whatever, all works in the favor of global warming. The warming so far with 0.7 to 0.8 and a global average is still small, he says. The natural climate fluctuations can still have their full impacts. This is still small before they told us that kind of warming was unprecedented. But if, anyway, this, this professor now postpones the warm winters for about 100 years. Well, it's going to come back, the warming. I mean, it's still going on. I just won't see it. I won't notice it. I won't read in any, any scales for 100 years, but it's still there. This is the rubbish. Rubbish. The, this, you understand all these scientists are using all of their, 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 their imagination to get political and social agendas through. Very important for the big foundations that fund them. And also investors are seeking way, naturally the sharks are there, to, to profit from global warming. This other article here I've got. Investing in climate change used to mean putting money into efforts to stop global warming. Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs and their other firms took stakes in wind farms and tidal energy projects and set up carbon trading decks, desks. The appeal of clean tech has dimmed as, as efforts to curb greenhouse gas emissions have faltered. Venture capital and, and private equity investments fell 34% last year to $5.8 billion, according to Bloomberg New Energy Finance. And now some investors are taking another approach, working under the assumption that climate change is inevitable. They're investing in businesses that will profit as the planet gets hotter. Of course, they'll get all funding from all these freebies, like Obama's going to $2 billion out for projects, right? The World Bank says the Earth could warm by 4 degrees centigrade by the end of the century. It could, and then it could not, right? The strategies invest uh, include um, buying water treatment companies, brokering deals for Australian farmland, actually taking over all the farmland, and the water rights, and backing up a startup that has engineered a mosquito to fight dengue. Oh, yeah. A disease that's spreading as the mercury climbs, it says. Really, it's, the mercury is climbing. It's been freezing here. Derivatives that help companies uh, hedge against abnormal weather and natural catastrophes are drawing increased interest from some big players. In January, KKR, which, which is, uh, I'll put the link for, for that to this company, bought a 25% stake in Nephila Capital, an $8 billion Bermuda hedge fund that trades in weather derivatives. The firm is named after a spider that, according to local folklore, can predict hurricanes. Climate risk is something people are paying more and more attention to, said Barney Schrobel. Managing partner at Nephila Advisors, the firm's U.S. arm. More volatile weather creates more risk and more appetite to protect against that risk. In other words, they're gambling on things that may or may not happen. Lots of money made in gambling, you know. It says drought is helping uh, spur business at water asset management. The New York Hedge Fund, which is about $400 million under management, buys water rights and makes private equity and stock market investments in water treatment. See, I said before that 100 years ago, the Rollins Group International said they'll eventually take over all the water of the planet, and you're going to pay big bucks just for a glass of water. That's why you have no, you'll have no money to spend on little things that you might want. You see, you'd be in austerity. And the masters who own all the food of the world, and all the water supplies of the world, and the oil for heating or whatever else it is, will have you right where they want to as some quivering little slave. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. They manage society. Managed. Mind you, most folk love their servitude and it's getting worse all the time. 
And Julie Huxley said that. We have to train the people to love their servitude. And they do now. They actually do. Anyway, J.P. Morgan's bosses are grilled over $6 billion losses for 2012. Come on, this is for public consumption. They weren't even lightly toasted, these guys. We see this rubbish all the time, you know. And no one goes to prison, you know. I'll put this one up tonight, too. Gallard in, in Australia proposes Australian media laws overhaul. They're, they're completely censoring the media over there and in Britain and Scotland. And it's getting put all over the place now. I'll put that up, too. And climate change science poised to enter the, the Americans' nations' classrooms after, after the cutback in Britain. New standards recommend teaching man-made global warming in all science classes. Some textbook publishers to incorporate curriculum immediately, it says. And next generation science standards as an organization require teaching man-made gl- climate change. The new national science standards that makes the teaching of global warming impact part of the public school curriculum are slated to be released this month, potentially in an era in which climate skepticism has been allowed to, to seep into the nation's classrooms. They can't have that. I understand they're using the same techniques uh, that they used on, on, on uh, various other groups before to make you accept them. Did you, under- do you understand what's happening? They're going to, they're going to mandatory bring it into the curriculum, but, but they're also put it all through society and they must not, the, nobody is going to bring any, would be allowed to bring any opposing point of view. The facts have nothing to do with it. You, you can't present facts, you see. You've got to bring up a generation of up, utter nutcases, fanatical little nutcases, to go along with it all. And it's just be drummed into them. So they call it institutionalization of terminology in teaching. And the UN were the ones who says we've got to do that with these, these words. You've got to understand this is the same techniques they used to elevate special people before different groups right up to the present time. Institutionalization of terminology. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, and just uh, we've got about five minutes left, but I want to mention that uh, people have no idea what you go through, I go through on a daily basis here, and since last, well, it's probably about a month now, ExploreNet company, now ExploreNet, they now have their own satellite, I don't, I'm not on that satellite, but they rent a broadband uh, and bandwidth from um, Hughes Corporation, and the Hughes Corporation satellite they use is also one that the military uses and all this, the spy agencies. Well, for about a month now, they've been cutting me off during, uh, totally during the day sometimes. And, um, and you know, suddenly I just all start up at 7 p.m. and just, just like magic. Isn't that amazing? Just, you know. And of course I phoned them up and went through the usual routine. And I'm sure the people who answer me don't even know. They're just the salespeople and so on. Uh, the, the ones above them or the agencies that use that satellite too is quite this child's play to disable say my recognition from my modem up to and their satellite up to theirs my, my dish up to theirs and it's quite simple stuff to, to, to do this so they're doing that plus uh, for the last oh, five days or so I can't even get into my email accounts now from from Yahoo see the word has gone out here obviously and, and this trick's being played there's no doubt about it it's not paranoia you just don't get all this happening at once and when you they demand a new password change and all that, so you do the password change, and then uh, you can you can read the thing until you look into it the next time and ask for a password again. This is like three times a day. So I've got all this muck, uh, monkeying around going on, 
and it's meant to drain you throughout the day, which it does, of course. And also it's meant to confuse you, which I think is anything on your end that's wrong. And you go through all the nonsense like a silly little guy that laugh up their sleeves at the top. And um, as you burn yourself out, that's all part of the technique that's been used. So just to let people know that God knows what will happen here, because I've been singled out, obviously, that the word has gone out to the, by the big boys. And uh, and I might not be in the air too long. I don't know what will happen here. Something's going to happen. And just to mention that if anything does, I hope there's somebody out there with some fortitude and staying power that will find out what happened. If I can't get in touch with anybody or I just disappear or something like that. Because this is serious stuff. I'm telling you. This is not melodramatic at all. There's a lot going on here. Way too much. All at once to be normal whatsoever. And I see things that are electronic don't generally fix themselves at 7 p.m. and start working again like clockwork and all that kind of stuff. So I'm getting a tremendous uh, hacking going on, obviously, and uh, and problems like that. Just let you know, because something's going to happen. I, I just smell it coming. And uh, I'm not authorized, as I say, I wasn't pushed out here, but the big boys to, to sort, of, um, sort of lead patriot and, uh, movements or whatever. And authorized to do it and tell you to go back and vote at the end of all the information I give. And uh, therefore, you know, I, I'm definitely getting uh, the old baton on the head sort of stuff right now to let you know. So it's not easy. I mean, every day is just one frustrating thing from in the minute I get up in the morning and you rush all day trying to fix this, fix that. And you find it's not your fault at all. And... Uh, uh, and then we'll spend time on the phone, try to call up, explore it, and, and go through their rubbishy nonsense. Oh, try this, try that, you know. And I'm sure someone up there above them is laughing up their sleeves as the little schmuck at the bottom does all this stuff. Climb up on their roof and uh, try that. Make sure the leads are on proper, blah, 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 blah. But it says it's amazing it can fix itself at a specific time every day, isn't it? Just like magic, eh? It, you know, yeah, it was broken, but... It's fixed itself at 7 p.m. It'll be broken tomorrow morning. Then Maybe it doesn't like daylight. Maybe it's a vampire satellite or something. Anyway, from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>